Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy, Kyle, and producer Dave PD. And today, we're going to be talking The Last of Us series premiere. This is a big one. I'm really looking forward to it. Before we really dive into it, hopefully this episode is going to be bringing in a lot of new listeners to the podcast. So if you are a new listener, hello. If you are a long-time listener, also hello. I do just want to, right at the beginning here, route you over to BingetownTV.com. From there, you can find all our links to our social media. Uh, any of our other episodes, we kind of cover fantasy, magic-y genre stuff is our vibe. The Mandalorian, The Boys, House of the Dragon, et cetera, et cetera. We have a lot of stuff, and we would love for you guys to listen to that as well. So yeah, without further ado, series premiere, The Last of Us, episode one. Um, obviously, if you're here, you're probably aware that this show is based on a video game. Uh, kind of just to give you a perspective of who's going to be talking to you on this episode. Uh, I am Brian. I have played the video game. Also, Jimmy is here with us. He has played the video game. Kyle and Dave are going to be kind of our rookies, if you will, who are coming in completely new. But yeah, the Last of Us series premiere. Uh, this kind of has the feeling of another HBO juggernaut, which is kind of compounding my excitement. HBO has set the bar so high. If you've played the game, you know how compelling this story is. So if it got done right, everything was there for this to be an A++ show. And the last thing I want to say is after one episode, I am thoroughly satisfied as a video game player. They are holding true to what made that story, that video game so great. Um, 10 years later, we're still talking about it. And season one was very impressive. I think they... it's like a nine out of 10 for me. I didn't find a lot of faults with it. It was just a very, very well done episode. They set up Joel, Ellie, Marlene, Tess, like all of these characters. It, it's They just did a really good job. Um, Jimmy, what are you thinking? I agree. I haven't played video games in a while. Um, I was a big video game guy in high school, you know, middle school, high school, college. And it's probably been about eight-ish years since I was really like keeping up with every single video game that's coming out that I'm interested in. And I was always interested in third, uh, third person video games. And the last of us is my favorite game of all time. And the point of me saying I haven't played video games a long time in a long time is that the last of us part two came out. And I said, I'm getting a PS five and playing the last of us part two because of that. So this so far 
as a video game lover, as it being my favorite show of all time, or it's my favorite show of all time already, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, favorite, yeah, really good pilot. Favorite video game of all time. It's been nailing it for me. I think that Pedro Pascal as Joel Miller, phenomenal. Bella Ramsey's been nailing it as Ellie. Uh, there's there's obviously some differences there, but um, I think she is doing a really, really good job. Joel's daughter in the tears in the chat intro as Sarah. Let's go. She did a phenomenal job as well. Nico um, Parker, I believe, is the name just because she yeah. was great. Yeah, this game is was ahead of its time in a way it's it was it came out as one of the most cinematic games ever and it still is you know you you have a lot of cutscenes and you're you feel like you're watching a movie while you're playing this video game or or watching a tv show now that we're at this point and everyone for the most part loved this video game loved the narrative loved the story and as long as like brian said they followed the narrative it was all out there it's just there for them to take and you put the money in, you put, you get the actors and you have Neil Druckmann who created the video game. You have the person, I'm sorry, I forget his name, who headed uh, Chernobyl, the TV show for HBO, another uh, amazing director, showrunner. You, you're going to nail it. And to me, I think they have so far. I'm very interested to do this like a Rooks and Vets almost because we do this all the time where we have vets who know the show and rooks who've never seen it. Now we're going to do vets who know the video game and rooks who've never played it. We're going to try our best here to do no spoilers, okay? So we're not going to do me and Brian saying, well, in the video game, this is what happened. In the video game, that happened. We want to hear Dave and Kyle's theories. We're going to comment on them, but we're not going to show our hands. And obviously, me and Brian aren't going to give any theories either unless it's like really, really out there where it has nothing to do with the video game. Now that I talked for 500 years. Kyle and Dave, <laughs> let me hear what you guys have to think. Dave and I actually watched this episode together along with other people too. And we, everyone that was with us agreed. I mean, Luke was there. Alki was there. We all watched last night, like when it, when it dropped and I just thought it was fantastic. They did a great job of building tension, right? Almost from the get go there. You can kind of tell fairly early on that things are going to go kind of awry fairly quickly you're starting to care a little bit about the characters us obviously none of us in the room that was watching had ever played the video game so none of us knew what was going to happen so we're all mm -hmm. kind of throwing guesses out here what's this what's that alki was actually genuinely like a little like not i don't want to say scared although he was maybe had <laughs> been using that word but like oh my god like what's gonna happen so i, yeah, I honestly, how about the old lady neighbor dude when she was in the yeah, background oh. starting to twitch that got me good i was that like, was okay. good yeah, and I'm not. And if you're a longtime listener of Bingetown, you know that I am the least horror fan along among all of us. But I have, I love like zombie level, like apocalyptic type of stuff like this. So I was very excited that we kind of dove right into it from the beginning. Society falls down. We get a jump into the future as well. So I literally had every note I could have probably ever have wanted it to. Yeah, I agree with Kyle completely. That I'm not too into the horror i like thrillers a lot and i feel like this show f falls more into the thriller category than it will horror hopefully um just for my heart sakes um but <laughs> first episode was incredible the first 30 minutes yeah i was like nauseous with how fucking scary it was like i was on the edge of my seat the whole time and i just love that we're in this era of video games coming to tv like we just covered arcane um uncharted was a movie that just came out that i haven't seen yet even though it got mixed reviews um yeah. we have super mario yeah. we have super mario the movie coming out like there was a halo show like sonic 
Everyone yeah, loves Sonic. The Sonic was, movie. I actually love the Sonic movie too, and so it's just great knowing that CGI and like the ability to create these characters and bring the graphics to life on just to make you feel like you're really there. It's finally at a point where we can feel confident watching these. Like back in the day, like the Mortal Kombat movie, like Dragon Ball Z, you know, the, oh all those God. movies kind of like <laughs> suck. But now that we have the budget and like the need and want for these kinds of genres of movies, uh, they absolutely can crush it. And when HBO was the one to pick it up. It was just, we knew right away that it was going to be a heavy hitter. And so I'm, as someone who's never played the video games, I am so, so excited to get into this show, especially after that first episode. I'm definitely wanting more. Yeah, that's just a harp again on the HBO point. Like, and I, I feel like I've said it before too. Again, like when we did House of the Dragon, when we did Wheel of Time, when we do Witcher, like there's just such, like it's an, it just feels different when it's the hbo shows yeah you know, they have like this cinematic quality that it's just like it it feels i don't want to say like wheel of time and the witcher and those kind of shows like felt like cartoonish but they felt like more like fantasy fictiony while like mm-hmm. hbo i feel like creates worlds that feel like really lived in and like mm-hmm. the experience feels so much more like just real i just i don't know what it is because i don't know everything that goes into it but hbo just happens to nail it this might be a tangent, but I get that vibe. Like Netflix productions all kind of have a similar like gloominess. Amazon, I've even seen between some things, just similar production. But like you said, HBO, there's this just premiere version of that. They yeah. figured it out. They just the put out good office. shit. And it, it, yeah, there's there's something that's always been there. Like Sopranos, The Wire, That's oh. those are the OGs. And everyone you know did the whole Sunday Sopranos, Sunday The Wire, boom, Sunday Game of Thrones. HBO just feels like the goat in that way where you're like, all right, I'm going to sit down and it's going to be something epic. It's kind of like, I mean, now that we're in the NFL playoffs, it's like the feeling you get when you flip from watching like the the 425 Fox game into Sunday night football. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. right. It's like it's like classy a little bit. It's kind of elegant. (laughs) It feels like an elevated experience. That kind of is what it's like. Yeah, I absolutely love the week by not that I like. Okay, I wouldn't say I absolutely love week (laughs) by week because obviously just being able to binge. We're binge down TV. We like to binge. But no, I totally I know where you're going. You get those. Yeah, you get those vibes. Just the memories like I'll probably remember us for the first episode of the last of us just all yeah. chilling in the dark just watching alki saying like crying in the corner about how scared he is <laughs> like it's gonna resonate with us and watching it week by week is gonna be such a treat because it just yeah. puts something on our calendar that we can all enjoy and talk about oh, at the yeah. same time for sure and you get a week to talk about it consume exactly. content and that's why you guys are here listening to us talk about it right now so we appreciate the week by week drop what I will say, though, is this was a pretty hefty pilot episode. It was like a full hour and 20 minutes. So I kind of mm-hmm. want to dive into it. This episode can pretty clearly be split into pre-time skip, post-time skip. So 2003 yep. and 2023. Oh, my gosh, that's this year. Crazy. Yeah. Um, but there is also kind of this outlier introduction scene, which Jimmy, as a video game player, they did not give us this lovely right. foreshadowing. But I thought this was an awesome scene. It gave longtime players and new people alike something just brand new to sink their teeth into a familiar face uh batiatis is our man just fighting for the fungal infection um but it really is just a great starting off point in 1968 you know it's very relevant he's talking about microorganisms bacteria and viruses they are the biggest threat to us uh now that 
new means of transportation have essentially brought down borders. Um, and then this guy comes in and says, yeah, you know, bacteria, viruses, whatever. I think fungi are the thing that we really need to be worried about because if they figure out a way to evolve to live inside us at greater than 94 degrees, we'd be screwed. They could just hijack us and reroute us to do whatever they want. Like viruses just kill you. Fungi are the real thing to be scared about and then the talk show host is kind of like ha 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 okay cut to commercial um and then we get a nice jump to the year 2003 and we meet sarah who is just perfectly nice and sweet in every single way and it's her dad joel's birthday and she's making pancakes and we meet tommy and just like the first 20 minutes of this episode, the crescendo as this outbreak is kind of happening in the background, it's, I think we've all seen Chernobyl. Like you can tell that it's the same storytelling. Like he's just subtly doing it in the background, but I knew what was going to happen. And I just had this immense sense of dread and anxiety yeah. watching it play out. And I was, they did a great job showing the paternal connections between Joel and Sarah and just like setting up this, these characters, but it, it was, it was just really something. I don't know. What were you guys feeling watching it? So my first thoughts, I'll, I want to talk about that first scene because I, that first scene I thought was just incredibly well done because I just love when shows like this that are, you know, zombie apocalypse or even fantasy when they can tie it to to like science and fact and make it sound like it's like something that's actually possible that just brings another layer into the depth of you know just making this feel like it's bound to happen like when he's talking about oh like if climate change were to go up just even 10 percent or whatever it was then the fungus would actually have a purpose and be able to live inside of us because as of where they're at right now in 1968 or whatever it was they couldn't adjust to it. So I just love when they bring enough science and reasoning into those kind of beginnings and backgrounds to stories that just make it feel like it's, you know, it's possible to happen. But I just want to make a quick comparison to World War Z because the intro was just like when we get to 2003, it's just like everything is so perfect. Like the daughter is super nice. You know, they have a happy relationship with the father. There's the um, I already forget his name. Was it Timmy? Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. 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 There's Tommy and the like, Yeah, they, yeah. Dude, come every, on. I don't a, know any Timmies that would call themselves <laughs> Timmy. True. But it just felt like a very happy, perfect beginning. But like unlike World War Z, whereas things just immediately start to happen, as Brian alluded to, with the looming, it was kind of you hear it on the news radios just very casually, like, oh, there's something going on in Jakarta. And then yeah. there's mm -hmm. slow movements in the background that you hear like more police officers out in the like I just love that it was a slow development rather than okay, here's a zombie apocalypse just going down right now, kind of what was the opposite of World War Z. Yeah, I, I really like that, Dave. I think you nailed it. I think there's plenty of zombie apocalypse shows where it's just like, hey, zombies are here. We don't really need to give a reason. One of the most popular zombie shows of all time, The Walking Dead, you know, we get some answers, but pretty much just like, hey, there's something in the air and it's going to turn you into a zombie. And if you get bit, you're a zombie, blah, blah, blah. You know, this actually is nice. It gives you a little bit of a background. It gives you exactly what Dave was saying for for video game players. This is great. I think that for this pilot episode, they were very, very, very true to the video game in a way where it's almost word for word. Sometimes the lines that Joel and Bella, Bella Ramsey and and uh, even Sarah are saying. But also, you know, they add their own stuff to the character. They add a couple scenes. They do some things that add to the story that I think so far have been great. And the pre the prequel prequel, the little pre scene was definitely one of those things. 
I don't remember the elderly neighbors being a thing in the games. Were they, or no, was that added no. for the show as well? Yeah. So, so in it's the a great game, effect, I will say. Yes. Uh, well, we can get into that in a second. But mm-hmm. in the game, it's basically like she wakes up at the time that she wakes up after um, Joel goes to uh, bail out Tommy. Tommy yeah. That's not in the video game. She kind of just wakes up and there's a letter from Joel saying, hey, I'm, I'm late from work and blah, blah, blah. And then she's walking around the house and you're actually playing her character, which is sweet because in the video game, you know, you'll like pick up a newspaper and it'll say like 300 percent more like people are in hospitals in the last however many weeks and mm-hmm. things like that. It's giving you those little hints. But instead that, you know, you're not going to do that in the show. In the show, you're going to have the news on in the background or you're going to see the cops or in the, the ambulances and the fire trucks while she's doing the watch and all that kind of stuff. So I think that they really did translate it really well. Yeah, definitely. I, just the highlight of it, I think, in the beginning, besides our boy, uh, Batty Otis, a.k.a. John Hanna, the legend mm-hmm. is from Spartacus. Yes, we have to say is, it. Um, it's just Joel and Sarah's relationship. I feel mm-hmm. like they showed us so much in those scenes between them, um, just like the way they interact. I love when they're kind of almost trying to sacrifice the other person to go hang out with the neighbors of like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. you know, he just started a new diet. He loves biscuits or whatever. And then he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, like Sarah will be over to tell you all about this new diet and all this stuff. So, For hours. She's got all yeah, day. <laughs> just, I love the way that they joke together. It was nice, you know, with the she takes the movie for him. Like, it's just I loved all of it. She replaces the watch for him. because she, She's like, you know, you would never do it yourself. It's just kind of they're showing us and telling us i felt like a lot between the two of them i'm not sure if they actually dropped it but you get like single father vibes and that these two have a very special father-daughter connection and they don't need to spend that much time on it which is just lending to how good the writing is honestly you also get this feeling from the video game if you played it and from the show that she kind of takes care of Joel. You know, he's yeah. working hard. Yeah. He's doing yep. a lot of he's doing a lot of extra things to make sure there's money for the household. Him and Tommy obviously are working in some kind of construction and he just needs to scrape and scrape to get as much money as he can just because he's trying to, you know, uh, you know, take care of his father. Daughter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be a father to his daughter. And but she's doing every all the little things. You know, you could tell she's probably like, doing the laundry and cooking and breakfast like she is and all that kind of stuff. And Hey, yeah. it's your birthday. Oh, it's my birthday. Yeah. Whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be working tonight. I guess I'll remember the cake if I can, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's another layer to the relationship that you literally get within 10 minutes. And then obviously sad, you know what happens, but yeah. that's it. That's all you need. 10 minutes. And you know what Joel and Sarah's relationship is. Mm-hmm. So I do kind of rattle off everything that happens between the morning breakfast and kind of them watching the movie, dozing off and Sarah waking up. Okay, so Sarah goes off to school and while she's at school, she sees a girl's wrist kind of twitching, which is important. I didn't catch that until the second watch through. And if you know the video games, they actually allude in this episode to the timeline of how the infection runs its course through the human body. But this episode from beginning to the end of the day, how the chaos increases is very, it makes sense given the timeline of infection. Okay. So Sarah goes to school, notices this girl twitching her wrist. Uh, She goes, her birthday gift to Joel is going to be getting his watch fixed because that's kind of like, Oh, get your watch fixed. I take care of you. You would never do it yourself. The shopkeep is like, yo, we are closing this bitch down. No more fixing watches today. You see a SWAT truck run by a bunch of police cars. That can't be normal. Right? So she gets home and goes over to the Adlers. And this is where we have this 
insane scene where in the blurred mm. background grandma grandma turns um and i just uh, i couldn't with that scene um <laughs> i noticed on my second watch through the neighbors across the street are all in the yard they're packing up their car but it was like you miss it it's very right. easy to miss i should say mm-hmm. um she walks back home sees some fighter jets going overhead like shit is just starting to hit the fan you can just tell yeah, Joel comes back later in the evening, forgot the cake, uh, put Sarah to bed watching the movie. And that's where we have her wake up and mosey on over to the Adlers because cool. Mercy, the dog comes yeah. by and the yeah. dogs always know, dude, the animals are the first when you see them acting crazy. <laughs> you just you just hug them tight and you stay behind closed doors. But yeah, Mercy dipped. The dog was not having granny Ooh, when she no, was no, no, leaving. No, no. When Sarah was leaving, the dog was like, this is I don't like this one bit. Yeah, yeah, here? yeah, yeah. Mercy came over to her, and then once Mercy realized that Sarah was going back into the house, Mercy was like, "All right, later." Yeah, no, nah, I'm out. Well, <laughs> well, let's talk about this for two seconds. I mean, Sarah, either a dumbass or a badass. Which one are you going here? Because the door, she's she's supposed to be a kid, kid. You know, she has I, a good heart. I, it's she does. No, she does. She's checking on the neighbors. I was just kidding, but she has. <laughs> She has, um, you know, her, her actress is 18, but she's playing maybe what, 14 or so? What do you, you guys say? I'm I don't really remember what Ellie is in the video game, but like a 16, you know, 15. Yeah, yeah she's whatever. definitely in high school. I don't care. I don't care. Me right now as a 32 year old, if I'm seeing the dogs freaking out and the doors wide open, I'm hearing scraping in, inside the house. I'm not going in there, but she goes in. She sees the blood. She follows the blood. <laughs> Yeah, well, she didn't have a choice once the blood happened. She kind of stepped on it in no. the kitchen, and then her eyes kind of trailed. And it's like, oh, well, the guy said, like- "Help me!" Before she noticed yeah. the craziness. And Dave and Kyle oh. is—is is that what you were expecting our zombies to look like, if you will? Kind of the the shoots coming out of the mouth. I I think sh- it looked fantastic. If I'm being I honest, agree. it's kind of tough. The, so I watched some of the. The only thing I would know or had known going in was whatever kind of most of the trailers showed. And it feels like sometimes they showed like really advanced versions of it that kind of we see later in this episode, which we'll obviously right, get right. to. Mm-hmm. Though not like that. I we were surprised, we as in everyone that I watched with, which includes Dave, of just like the way that they acted. I enjoyed that that idea of it, like the no self preservation instinct, right. like no ability to like care about what happens to the body actually. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like we get in the beginning when he explains it, like the parasite will kind of like it'll eat the body a little bit. It'll it'll keep the host alive in a way, but like not in a sense where like it's gonna like you know be dodging tables. Like we had a chasing later, right. and it, they're just throwing themselves everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. surprising in a good way. Yeah, when yeah. when you get zombies that are like this, like World War Z kind of zombies that are just running full speed sprint that probably run faster than the average human, just throwing their whole weight at you these are the most terrifying of zombies so i'm shitting my i'm shitting my pants when, <laughs> when she's running away. When, <laughs> <laughs> when we had the chase scene my roommates like oh they're running zombies like that's just so overpowered they're yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. seriously i would take the walking dead zombies oh times a million uh, over yeah. these zombies yeah and it, oh was, it was good I, it was perfect the way they did it with granny because we've only seen granny death mm-hmm. wheelchair right. bound true true and then we get her I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if she can hear, but at the very least, she's very mobile because she was right, getting right, after right. it. <laughs> she was getting after it. Yeah, yep. she definitely. And I think it was cool. I liked that 
they did like that background scene beat times like you said that was like kind of hard to watch where her mouth's open and she's kind of like twitching around yeah. and then mm-hmm. we get we don't really get anything immediately after that so we know she something's does. wrong and it's literally just like a ticking time bomb next door but like we have more scenes that happen until we get there which was good it was nice right. that shit didn't immediately hit the fan right there because after she's like twitching we sh- um Sarah does walk by her and she's kind of looking as if she was normal, just sitting yeah. there in the chair. Yeah. And I was like, she's totally dead right there. The dog's like, like uh, howling a little bit. I'm like, oh my God, she's yeah. so dead. And then in a few hours, she's going to transform. And that's exactly what happened. And usually I'd be like, dumb bitch, run, get out of there. But that's part of the character. We already said, like, she takes yeah. care of Joel. Yeah. She is very an adult teenager. So that's just who she is. Um, as this scene progresses, obviously, she runs out of the house. Uh, Joel and Tommy come back from being bailed out of prison just in time Thank God. to save her. Um, and it's Joel's call. Like, Tommy's like, yo, Joel, are we? what are we doing here? And Joel, you know, executes him with a wrench, which is sweet. Um, oh, yeah. And then we get this pickup truck scene, which I believe Jimmy is plucked right out of the video game. We get in the video game. It kind of stuck with me. The POV shot of Sarah in the backseat looking at Tommy and Joel kind of have the grown up conversation in the front seat. I really loved the questions she was asking because she was like, are we sick? Like, how do we know? And the reality is nobody knows anything. She's like, are these terrorists? They're like, Girl, we don't know. Nobody knows anything. And it just adds to kind of the peril that they're in. This is a catastrophe. This is an apocalypse. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. And as they're driving, a couple things happen. You know, police are whizzing by. Uh, we have a family broken down on the side of the road. And this is kind of the first zombie morality decision Joel has to make. Tommy's mm-hmm. like, they got Jeep. a kid, Joel. Of course they have a kid. Joel's like, someone else come along. Not us. Not us. Yeah, he says, um, so do we. We got a kid. It's yeah. So I was so happy they didn't pick him up. That just if you ever see zombie movies, usually they're going to pick up the stragglers and then something's going to go wrong with the stragglers. I'm so glad that they were actually just like, you know what, even though they're, they have a kid, we're just going to keep going because it's every man for himself at this point after what they've just seen. This. It was good. And I loved that to go to your point B times when you're saying like no one knows anything like l- the first semi feasible answer they throw out there there's just thrown out by sarah when she says they would go to the hospital all the time to get her whatever her treatments and like that might be where it happened and they were like oh yeah yeah, that's definitely it. that's definitely it. That's yeah, totally yeah, it yeah. Like, we're fine we're fine i just and, like, really showed like in that moment like you would just be freaking the fuck out you would latch on to any information that would make you feel better like you're just it would they were just going nuts it was good it was so like holy fuck what the hell's gonna happen next yeah, and it was good too. Where the question she's asking, she's also she's being very smart, but she's also being a kid because she was just in the city, so she's going, "Am I sick?" Like you know, yep. and she's also with the neighbors, so you know what's racing through her mind. And going back to what I was saying when it was you know blending what their own stuff that they want to add to the show and stuff coming right out of the video game, like Brian was saying, her being in the back of the truck, the POV that kind of stuff right out of the video game. A lot of the dialogue right out of the video game. Looking to the left when you're on the truck and seeing the, yeah. the house on fire right out of the video game, almost like exactly. So it's just a perfect blend of exactly right out of the video game and mm-hmm. add in their own stuff. And this scene is kind of, it It gives us an introduction to the duality of Joel. Um, it's like he's got a caring, tender, paternal side with Sarah, but he's also got that ruthlessness, the unforgiving side when he 
just bashes grandma's face in drives past the family like this is our main character this this is the difficulties that he is going to be tested with and this is just really good foreshadowing for what we're going to be going through yeah. uh but, i loved and, and sorry to cut you off mm-hmm. but when the neighbor denise comes out yeah and he just screams at her and he's like <laughs> stay in the house denise lock all your doors <laughs> just runs yeah. right to the zombies and- though yeah, I Brian, like you gave her a heads up, though. Yeah, for sure. Seriously, Brian, let me ask you this question, because I, I don't mm. know if it's because I played this game so many times or if it's just because Pedro and, and Bell are doing so well. We didn't even get to Bell yet. But like mm-hmm. I'm like hearing their voices coming out of out of these actors mouths. Like, I feel like Pedro sounds just like Joel. Definitely. Is it, is it, be, is it because more, I'm just more Bella with Ellie? That's she's killing it. Like, yeah. And that's kind of a a hard character to play because Ellie was yeah. like that voice actor killed it, but Bella's doing a really good job. Pedro's, I don't know. It's been a while, honestly, and Joel like mumbles a lot, so it's hard to like tell yeah, if he's he killing it. But like he is making me feel the things I know I'm supposed to be feeling about the character Joel. Like, right? Which, yeah. When Sarah gets picked up by Joel, we as a group were just like collective sigh because it's like safety. You know, she was yeah. just about mm-hmm. she was just face to face with a zombie. Thank God Joel showed up when he did, saved her when he did, because I the one thing that I could infer based off the posters and the video game is that I knew at some point Sarah was going to die. And to me, that could have been its moment right there that maybe, you know, Sarah gets eaten in the house. Joel comes back to the Adlers, you know, assuming that she maybe maybe had wandered there and then sees her dead body. So I was actually on the edge of my seat thinking like she might just kick the bucket right here because we did get the enough of the backstory at that point for me to think okay maybe she's done right here and so yeah when she got when she lived i honestly thought she maybe had another episode or two at least in her but i was totally they just wanted to totally rip wrong. your heart out dude. yeah they ab- they crushed you. me they crushed me um before we go on a couple of easter eggs no spoilers here so ellie or i'm sorry uh sarah in the video game when she wakes up she's wearing that purple shirt same thing for the tv show the exact same purple shirt they kept it the same as an Easter egg. The other Easter egg is Curtis and the Viper Two, the the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say too much about why it's an Easter egg, but basically it's just that it's one of Joel's favorite movies, and that's all you guys need to know. But two Easter eggs already early on. A couple other things like Joel, you'll find out as a big music guy, he loves guitars, just like in the video game. He has a guitar sitting next to uh, the TV in the living room. Boom, there it is in the TV show. Just little things like that. Good stuff. I'm excited so you, for more Easter eggs. <laughs> you don't so, even know. You don't even know anything about it, dude. Play the video <laughs> game. <laughs> so yeah, continuing on here, we're still in the pickup truck. Uh, the cops have shut down the highways because they're like, oh, it's everybody in the city. They don't want anybody moving. Highways are shut down. So they're driving through this field and eventually they navigate back into town. And the one thing I want to point out is that Joel asked Tommy how much gas in the tank. He says three quarter tank. And I only bring that up because scarcity of resources is if it's anything like the video games, that is going to be a very large theme uh, throughout the show. And I'm looking forward to how they they kind of bring that to television from the video game, because like you literally have to count bullets in the video game. And that's what makes it like kind of mm-hmm. a really cool apocalypse video. That's game. a good point that I like that quote even more now, because when you think about it, like as someone who's not in a zombie apocalypse, a three quarter tank, I'm like, ah. Oh, you're good for forever yeah, man. Right. But when mm-hmm. you're when you're living out your days like you don't know when you're gonna die and things are so scarce that's a, and they reacted appropriately like they were like uh three quarters of a tank like it could be better 
So they go through the field and navigate into town after they kind of decide that they don't even know where the hell they can go to get safe. They're like, we we can't go anywhere. They get into town and people are just flooding out of the buildings into the street. And very quickly, they run out of space to drive. And Joel is kind of like, go faster. Tommy's like, I can't run over these people, but like, I might have to. Long story short, a Boeing falls out of the sky and explodes, knocking them all unconscious. And then when they all come to kind of most people have cleared and we're left with a lot of zombies. Uh, Tommy gets separated in an alleyway from Joel and Sarah, at which point we have this Joel carrying Sarah chase scene from an infected zombie. And this is kind of the first time we get to see them flex how fast agile they're jumping over countertops like you can't really stop the body around can't stop oh, yeah. them easily I like was, i was kind of laughing when he starts carrying her and just like does that like light trek with her because i'm like what an inefficient yep. way with these zombies that can move probably like 20 miles an hour to just it's such a hindrance having someone who's hurt with you i, I it was such a, a debacle for them it, it was just it's perfect like we've been saying of the crescendo of like something's wrong that's what's wrong Oh, it's bad. It's getting worse. This mm-hmm. is bad. Oh, this is as bad as it can get. And in this moment, I just only thing I was thinking of, like, I can't imagine having like being a father in that moment and like her ankles busted. She can't run. She's terrified. You also have no idea what's going on. You have no answers. You're just trying to carry her. And now this this thing's chasing you. And you're when he gets out the back door, there's nowhere to go. Like it's just that right. field. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of like grabs her and turns around. And it's like there's nothing you can do there. I just like it was just like heart racing. I just it was really well done. Yeah, I had a second to breathe when the sh- soldier shot. I thought it was Tommy originally. Then I see the yeah. soldier and I'm like, okay, we're kind of good here. And of course we're not. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it in like it would did such a good job of like I'm in the moment every moment. Like I'm not, I can't even afford to think three seconds ahead, ten seconds ahead, mm-hmm, fifteen mm-hmm. seconds ahead, because it's like this thing's behind us, it's chasing us, and then it's like okay, the soldier's here, and you don't even like I at least I didn't in the moment think it could have turned bad. Yeah, because why? Because it's like oh, we're saved, and then it gets very realistic in the sense because he's like pleading like we're not, we're not bit, we're not bit, we're not bit. And then it obviously goes south and it's like, okay, fuck, that was a scenario that I didn't realize, but feels very realistic. The thing that probably fucked him in that moment was when he said it's her ankle. He doesn't say, you know, he twists like she twisted her ankle. He just says it's her ankle. So I think when the guy radios that to the, the, the headquarters or whatever it is, they're probably like, oh, she got bit in the ankle. Yeah. We have to put her down. And then that's when you kind of hear his the the soldier's tone go down. He's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh yes sir and then it's like oh yeah, shit yeah. he's you're definitely getting the, the kill orders right now and brian i don't this is something i haven't played the game in a long time but for some reason i thought i remembered the soldiers specifically saying to a superior like it's a kid was that am i making that up i can't remember because i was that waiting sounds for that familiar line. actually yeah, i was waiting for that line and then for obviously joel to freak out and then boom 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 but um he does give pushback by saying he's like I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Or like, I'm yeah. sorry, what? But yeah, he doesn't question orders. Uh, it's a tough scene. And yeah, I, I don't know if we have anything else to talk about, but Tommy comes and saves the day. A fraction of a second too late. A stray hits Joel, just grazes him, but it nails Sarah and Sarah dies. Um, 
and we get a nice 20 year time skip. Yeah. Yeah. The watching her die was very tough, even though I would agree with Dave in the sense that we knew it was coming. Maybe not knew it was coming, but very likely so knew it was coming. I had no idea that Sarah was even a character at all. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was just it's it was tough, and especially because, I mean, like we said, they, they did a great job of showing us their relationship. We've seen that Sarah takes care of Joel in a lot of ways. But in this moment and in the scenes before, it's, you know, it becomes very obvious that she's the child in all of these scenes that were actually on the run at this point and right. just watching him try to tell her it's going to be okay. And Tommy's just kind of saying like, Joel, Joel, we got to go. Man. Yeah. Like it's, that's just, I, I literally can't imagine. Yeah. It was so, so brutal watching and yeah. Seeing the reaction of Joel was horrible, but I think the 20 year time skip offers a nice, a nice good amount of time for society to have developed to where it is now. And so we don't have to like lag too much into the the aftermaths of, you know, oh, what are we let's figure out where we need to go. Kind of like Walking Dead, where they're they're, you know, every moment they're you're trying to figure out where they're gonna go. I just like how we just skip right ahead to twenty years. Joel's a seasoned vet at this point in time and we're not like he's just in a comfortable quarantine zone. Well, comfortable maybe comfortable. not yeah i don't know about comfortable yeah, right. i mean I it's was... comfortable in the sense that you have a roof over your head <clears throat> and food in a zombie apocalypse well let's put it this way if you were hoping that humanity was thriving and that the worst is behind us <laughs> i mean that's just not yeah. true and they the show would have been ended yeah great job ripping that band-aid off by giving us this cute little girl like limping into boston <laughs> yeah um and as a video game player, I was just thinking this is kind of their exposure to the to the new world order, if you will, like the quarantine zones in major cities, Boston. Uh, we infer that Atlant, excuse me, Atlanta is still up and running later on in the episode. But hopefully we get is, Philly. Hopefully we get Philly. Fingers crossed. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is kind of how they're doing it. These quarantine zones. And we have this girl limping into town and we kind of see how people get processed and it's these two guards. They give her a little scan and the guy just flashes. It's red and red usually isn't the color you want for things like this. (laughs) And luckily it's like a sweet agent. She does what anybody would do and just be like, we're going to get you some medicine, your favorite food, but we're going to kill you right now. And I mean, smash cut to a roaring fire. And this is Joel's reality on a Tuesday. Oh, it's time to throw a little girl's body into a, burning pit and get some freaking federal credits life isn't great i the only thing i could think about and i think i said it out loud a couple times and granted i was under the influence of some things but <laughs> the smell the smell oh would yeah have been just genuinely horrible they just have and like then, one singular rag over their face it's like what is that even really oh doing here? God, man. <laughs> and then at the end is just they're just shoveling yeah yeah just shoveling. i mean it just and it, again it does a good job of of showing us that again 20 years later this is where we're at this is the reality of what they have to do and it doesn't seem like anybody has a huge issue with it the one woman is says to joel like she can't do the child Mm -hmm, very mm -hmm. understandable but yeah yeah it was just crazy it was funny too what we were talking about around this time was like imagine like being born into this world and she actually brings it up. Yeah. Tess does say that for for yeah. one scene. That's like, unbelievable. This child seems, yeah. is obviously 
under 20 years old. Oh, oh yeah, 100%. So it would just be, I would be, I mean, we were laughing because I was like, once I would like gain consciousness, I would be pissed. <laughs> like <laughs> just looking at your parents, like, what the fuck, man? Like, As a baby, why? you just like yeah. wake up, you'd be like, dude. Come yeah. on. Like nowadays, I joke with my mom and stuff nowadays where it's like, I didn't make this decision, but now I got to fucking pay taxes and bills and <laughs> yeah, shit. Right. But like, like well, this is infinitely worse than what we're dealing with. I'll right tell you now. what, it's not as bad as John Krasinski having a kid during a quiet place because that, that, oh, yeah, that was that. Just oh my goodness. Ignorant. Yeah. Like, True. All I mean, granted, bring Emily, that child Blunt, into this. Emily Blunt's quite an attractive woman, but you got to figure out some level of birth <laughs> yeah. control so that you can yeah. have your cake and fucking eat it through. Yeah, Though right. I digress. And for what it's worth, our main character, Ellie, will have been born yes. after the outbreak. So that's all she knows, which will kind of add to her general cynicism and why she has her wall so high up. But right. she's an awesome character. Looking forward to getting to know her. Um, so yeah, now we have Joel going from his shifts. I guess he talks to the Fedra agent and we just learn how these things process. Um, and as he's walking through the quarantine zone to get to the next scene, which is him kind of like haggling with the guard or making a deal, whatever we get a couple shots. Like I said, scarcity is going to be a running theme. We see people shelling, selling like shoelaces and bootlaces for like one credit each. Uh, we see a public hanging of three people who tried to inappropriately enter and exit the quarantine zone. So if we were trying to figure out what it was, because I originally had taken it like they were outside of the quarantine zone snuck in and they were getting executed but some of us had thought that they were in the quarantine zone left but they came back i think it was actually both they cited two different rules to show that they were both wrong it's what joel at the end was doing essentially like they had found a way out came back in got it if you're in you're in if you're out you're out um and it is very much the hundred protocol here where minor offense you're probably going to get killed because they just don't have the leeway to fuck around with this stuff right um so yeah that brings us to the joel scene with this guard who a little bit more world building like i said he's giving them some sleeping pills that were probably manufactured in the factory in atlanta all they're producing is pills and bullets it's alluding to kind of a longer standing deal that these two have together or trying to acquire a vehicle like a Fedra surplus decommissioned vehicle that he says, oh, it's a piece of shit. It doesn't even have a battery. Joel is well aware of this. We're going to learn more about that later. Anything I else? I just want to say the, yeah. the funny thing about you using that the 100 reference is that while we were watching, Alki literally said that this guy looks like Bellamy. Which God. one? The, 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 the guard. guard. That's right. Yeah, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, could <laughs> I mean, I could see it. Well, Bell yeah, does I just wear SWAT that. gear at one point. So yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I, I just works. I like the the reluctant. You can tell it's a very reluctant relationship for Joel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the reality of a situation, but he is a morally just man. And that's. Once again, the duality of Joel. Uh, scarcity a theme. He asked oh. for a Ziploc bag back. I was just going to say that. Bag back, put him <laughs> yeah. in the pocket. Give it here, Malfoy. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> it was also interesting to just like it's it was a good way, like with the sleeping pills and they're talking about it. And then from that, you can infer that obviously like this guy has had to do some shit that he doesn't like that he's had to do. Oh, yeah. Which then, yep. yeah. you know, get your mind turning again of like the whole mental health aspect of where everyone's at mentally in this case and it's like i don't think that's maybe that's something you get to when you're watching a video game but i think it's maybe easier for them to show it and make it more like relatable almost in a way through the tv show as a medium oh yeah because i got my wheels turning too of like and then we get joel later on when he's popping pills and he's drinking and it's just Mm -hmm. like it's just a whole nother aspect of 
we obviously we need physical resources, but at the same time, mentally, we're also, you know, we're kind of running on a, we're running on fumes that way as well. And we also get uh, our first exposure to the fireflies. The guard said, Hey, stay off the streets tonight. And all week, like guards are extra jumpy because of firefly attacks all over the city. Like easy to make a mistake in the dark. Again, these guys are corrupt. They're, easy to pull the trigger so, uh, so and, real quick dave from arcane weren't they called the fire lights yeah i was yeah so i, I in wanted my to head say i that, kept thinking fire lights but i know it's fire yeah <laughs> and when we were doing arcane for the podcast i was i was trying not to say firefly so bad it's gonna be the opposite <laughs> for me on this podcast yeah. i'm gonna be saying fire lights probably and we see the graffiti when you're lost in the darkness search for the light look for the light that's gonna be our fireflies like kind of calling card and joel <laughs> ridicules it later which i think is funny actually and the title Mm -hmm. of the episode Mm -hmm. indeed Mm -hmm. when you're lost in the darkness uh so that will bring us to our test tessa is that her name tessa i thought it was tessa no it's just tess just tess okay so that will bring us to our introductory scene with tess who is being kind of like sat down interrogated like big body by this guy robert and it, it really emphasizes just how pragmatic this person is we understand that Robert was the one going to sell Joel and test the battery, but he sold it to a different party after already accepting the payment from Tess, at which point he sent his boys to go beat her up. And she's just like, I can't really do anything. You fucked me over. It is what it is. Let me just walk away. I'll forget about it because I have no choice. I don't want to die. Whatever. Um, and Tess is great. And Dave, do you recognize this actress from one of your favorite shows? No, it went completely over my head because I didn't make any co- comments. It is uh, the professor from Mindhunter. Like, oh, no way. That joins okay. the squad. Ooh. Yeah. And I think yeah. she did okay. a great job with the character. It was kind of I hard. To, it was kind of hard mm-hmm. to tell because her eye was so swollen. Bruised up. And yeah. 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 <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say this is great. You know, this is great world building here. It, it introduces us perfectly to Tess. Because you see Robert, the guy who scams her, and he's nervous. He's like, oh, my gosh, what am I supposed to do here? Like, uh, are you going to come get me? Is your man going to come get me? And I'm assuming Dave and Kyle, you knew the man would be Joel or or you don't. I mean, I, I actually. Th- OK, so Kyle says, yes, it went, over, says, my, no. it went over my head. Honestly, I didn't. And, and peace. I, I, I just didn't think. I just, I guess, in my mind, I was thinking that Joel, Joel wasn't ready to like move on. Like at this point, after yeah, after losing his daughter, he would have probably assumed to be a loner. But I was, I was wrong. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know necessarily. They allude to it, but I don't think they show fully that they're romantic or anything. You know, he's checking on her. She climbs into bed with him. Oh yeah, they get into bed together. There's no like, there's no kissing. It wasn't. Yes, it wasn't enough. I even forgot. Are they romantic? It's kind of up in the air. Yeah, yeah, so either way, it just shows how capable Tess is before oh, we yeah. even freaking know her, which is amazing. A little Bingetown TV Easter egg here. Robert, the person who scams her, is from Freddy versus Jason, but he is also the significant other of friend of the pod, Sarah Thompson. Oh, no that, way. That's from the 100. That. Yes, that's from awesome. The there you go. Serenaded his girlfriend. Yes, you have. You have. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, this was awesome because this is not in the video game as far as i can remember but it just shows that tess and joel are big dogs they are people that 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 are that the people of the quarantine are scared Mm -hmm. of because Mm -hmm. they are one of the most capable and uh, again later when joel talks to marlene 
she alludes to it as well. Like, I don't think anyone can get her there. I need a squadron. The only person who can do it without a squadron is you. So this is our badass homie. And we didn't I'm, talk about this, but I'm glad they kind of did this quickly. But in on the truck, there's that bumper sticker when they leave. Yeah, Tommy Desert Storm Joel. Combat Veteran. Yeah. So it's like if you if you're wondering, like, why is this guy like such a badass or why is he so capable in combat? Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do also want to bring up because you were talking about, yeah, Tess and Joel kind of have clout in the QZ. Um, clout in the QZ. Damn, that's yeah, like, like, kinda, <laughs> yeah, they got some clout in the QZ. That's their, that's their album. Um, I would also describe them kind of as lawful neutral because we find out later on that they know who Marlene is and understand yep. who the flyer fireflies are and seemingly have done some business with them in the past. They fuck around with the guards too. So they do what they need to do to survive individually. They don't want to die for a cause like the fireflies. They don't want to sell out and be with Fedra. They're just like, we're just trying to do us. They seem, I would say, maybe more like chaotic neutral, don't you think? Lawful. I feel like they're actively trying. Their one goal is to break Okay, the chaotic neutral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're chaotic I mean, They, they just kind of dip their okay, hands in whatever, yeah, whatever pot is going to get them what they need yeah, to do. I like yeah. that, though. I like that they have you know, their, their own thing. I went and there, there was a small chance that he would, might have been involved maybe in the Fireflies, and I like it better that they were just kind of like the two of them were themselves, had their reputation, their clout in the QZ. And it's hmm. kind of like they do their own thing. I like so that. also this scene, and I'm sorry, did we were I guess we're maybe getting to the part where the the explosion happens. I was just about That's to take she, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Dave, I just want to for this remind. I don't know why I didn't say it in the moment while we watched it, but it reminded me of Attack on Titan when Reiner and uh, Aaron have that conversation like in that little oh like, yeah, and it blows up, yeah yeah and then the, everything goes to shit afterwards yeah. and that just like i got that same vibe here too very similar yeah but okay so, the explosion happens tess is able to escape being talked to by robert whatever and we see a bunch of federal agents swarming the street and then in the rooftop we see a presumably firefly guerrilla fighter like sniping down on them so you know they're up against it they're a rebellion but this is how they kind of operate and do their attacks uh tessa puts her arms up says i'm not with them they're going crazy fedra don't care they take her and process her i believe the next time we see her is with joel tonight with joel yes yeah um so, i like the dynamic of the the oh my god i almost just said fire lights of the fireflies yeah, yeah. Just because we were talking about it too while we were watching it's like would you be okay with living in this quarantine zone or would you rather be out in the wild surviving on your own and it felt like the room was maybe split i probably would have taken the luxury of maybe the quarantine zone but at the same time i think that's that madness of being so controlled like that just drives the moment to want to to rebel against yeah the Fed i mean the moment that you say you can't leave then people are going to be like what i can't leave and then I mean, it was the rebel. same way with it was the same way with COVID. I mean, obviously, probably zombie apocalypse would be much worse. Not to make light of a, an <laughs> probably, awful situation yeah. with COVID anyway, but it'd be the same thing with. I mean, it was the same way. Like when we were told to stay indoors, there was a large majority of people just like, "No, I'm not doing that." And yeah, I guess here when it's so quarantined, people are just going to be like, "Yeah, we're done trying to live this life." Nah, gee, I'm on that Benjamin Franklin lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah. Those that would give up liberty for what a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. I'm rolling Ooh. out in the badlands. 
a Ben Franklin quote on the podcast. Yeah, That's a first. Hopefully not a last. I'll tell Go you that much right now. That will bring us beautifully to our first scene with Veronica, a.k.a. Ellie. She's going to be a big character, guys. Kind of important, this one. Uh, and she's all chained up. And we have some rando come in and kind of start rattling off questions, you know, count to 10 slowly. Uh, what is your name? Say it slowly. And we get a little bit of Ellie's personality shining through a fuck you with mm. the middle fingers. This is our character. Just love her. There's no hater option. It's going to be great. Um, What happens next? Yeah. Joel, yes. Okay, so here is then <laughs> when we get Joel meeting with the radio operator in Boston, mm. cuts the line. Someone had something to say, but he didn't say it twice. <laughs> and he talks to this guy, gives him the homemade cigarettes in exchange for information. And you can kind of see that Joel is a little bit distressed because he hasn't heard from Tommy. We find out mm -hmm. this is kind of the deal. He'll relay messages from Tommy. Um, but we haven't heard from him in three weeks, which is very abnormal. So he's like, Where's this radio tower? Reluctantly, this guy's like, listen, it's all the way in Wyoming, but there's a lot worse things out there in open country besides just like the zombies. So yeah, Kyle Duell's living out there. there. Yeah, yeah Kyle's out there. there. Me and Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling with muskets. This guy was well, kind of funny too. He liked Bad Mouse's kid. I liked him. Uh, oh my god! That I got a so... really big laugh out of Alki when he was like, you know, like the smart god bless. one. Like, he was like, "God yeah, bless." Yeah. Him. Yeah. That was yeah. really funny. So before we get any further, let me ask Dave and Kyle: What was your first impression of Bella Ramsey as Ellie? Like, what did you think of Ellie when you're first meeting her? For, even for a second, she comes right at you off the screen. She's very, you know. Like, like Brian said, I was so let me know. Yeah. Let me know what you guys, you have no preconceived notion of what she's going to be like. So what were you expecting when it came to like the other, I mean, I like Dave, I guess you've seen the, the covers from the video game. So, you know, there's going to be another little girl mm -hmm. I'm guessing. I mm -hmm. don't know if Kyle did or not, but if you're expecting another person, what did you think? So just no video game knowledge. I didn't know what kind of person Ellie was and from my first impressions of her, she was very feral, if that would be the right term to describe it. She was very aggressive, which it makes sense. I mean, the world that she was born in ha is definitely one that would just be the worst situation of any to be born into. And I, I guess it, it makes sense to me that her character would be kind of so sheltered and so aggressive. And it didn't help that she was chained up. So that made her even seem more like animalistic as well. Um, but you can kind of see the soft side to her when you kind of do make that initial breakthrough like marlene does you can get to ellie and i think she i mean besides the fact that her blood is going to be so important going forward i think she also will do a good job of replacing quote unquote um whoa sarah from the beginning because she's i mean she seems like someone who will be capable and could be you know a survivalist if need be so i think she she will fill a good uh a role there i like her a lot i'm a big uh, fan of bella ramsey so very nice um, to see her acting again. She's so good as uh, as Lyanna Mormont mm -hmm. in Game of Thrones. And I'm not going to say it's a similar role at all, but she obviously can show that she has that edge to herself. Mm -hmm. And it really came through here. I don't know if I had any maybe preconceived notions of Ellie. Right, right, right. I've only seen pictures 
I thought she was maybe going to be a little bit of a sweetheart based off like the video game posters and things like that. But definitely, <laughs> I was similar definitely to kind of how Sarah was. Yeah, kind yeah, of. And maybe, yeah. and yeah, maybe I'm, I was a bit shocked at her like very combative nature. She's the first person to curse. It feels like in the whole show, and she really drops those motherfuckers, which I think was mm-hmm. definitely a, a little bit jarring. Not in a bad way, just in general. Um, I guess that, yeah, maybe I expected we'd get to that level through like maybe some more character growth of like being outside and like living through the struggle. But now I'm thinking about it. She's obviously already been living through the struggle. I mean, there's events that obviously happened in those 20 years. She has experienced some things that obviously have made her this way. And to counteract the like the feral argument as well, like, uh, yes, she is very aggressive. But at the same time, we do see her get humanized in the sense that when she's talking about like, oh, I've never been past the walls, you know, like I've only Mm -hmm. been ever stuck in here. Like I would really enjoy being able to just see what's beyond the walls, even if it does, you know, risk put my life at risk. Right. And I guess too, the last thing I'll say it feels nice in a way to be someone who has no pre-existing knowledge because and we've talked about it before with like shows we probably brought up House of the Dragon, Wheel of Time, Lord of the Rings we didn't mention but Lord of the Rings, The Witcher. It, it honestly it can be a fucking crapshoot of having this pre-existing knowledge oh, yeah. can almost 100%. be your downfall. So like me going into Wheel of Time, I've read all the books. Maybe the show I would admit was not as good for me as someone who had no idea. But like Lord of the Rings, I would say I enjoyed probably more than like diehard fans. And I know there was a lot of controversy when Bella Ramsey got, I almost said drafted, but <laughs> she didn't get drafted when she got, what I guess chosen for lack cast. of a better word. Right, right. Cast, cast is the word I was there looking she for. Goes. <laughs> um, so, she did get drafted, dude. Yeah. And obviously, for me, it was purely positive because I don't even know it from Game of Thrones. So I had yeah. no. Um, right. But I'm, I'm hoping Mormon. that anyone who thought negatively about it, that I'm very confident in her acting abilities throughout. So I think that we'll, she'll be able to turn a lot of people over time. I don't have as like diehard opinions about this video game as a lot of the fandom does. But I'm I'm very I'm sorry. What I was trying to say was I was kind of in that similar ship when it came out. Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, I was like. I don't know if they needed to go a list for both of these roles. I would have liked to see them like try a little harder to find somebody that really fits the part, but they're a listers for a reason. They're killing it. They're doing a good job. I'm, I can already tell I'm, I'm going to be happy with the casting. So yeah. yeah, the best shows are the ones that will follow the source material, but allow the actors to make it their own. And Bell Ramsey throughout this episode has 100% made it her own. She's a great Ellie. I love what I'm seeing so far. So after Joel talked to the radio operator guy, he immediately goes home, drinks his whiskey and starts plotting out a trail to Wyoming. Um, And I believe Tess comes back and they kind of just start talking about the events of the day and they're kind of conspiring. All right. How are we going to get this dude, Robert, back and get our hands on this battery so we can do this trip to Wyoming because Tommy might be in danger. That's kind of our trajectory of the rest of the episode and what's going to launch us into the next events. I think it was important to hear. I feel like we learn like we're really shown here the impact that all of the time has had on Joel. We've seen mm-hmm. him kind of remorse, like without remorse, rather just kind of dump that young girl's body onto that fire heap after we've just watched him, you know, cry as his daughter died in his arms 20 years ago. But technically, what? 
five on-screen minute time. Yeah, yeah. And then here we have him drinking, taking the pills. He clearly has an anger issue because Tess is trying to almost talk him off the ledge of immediately going to kill that guy whose name mm-hmm. is sticking in my head. Who he, he dies, so he's whatever. Yeah, he's dead. Uh, so yeah, it just yeah, kind man. of like in the beginning when he's with Sarah, you know, he's laughing, and when she's like, "Your shirt's inside out," early on, and he chuckles and changes it, and he seems like he has this very lovable, cuddly dad side, and it seems like he's lost that at this point. And sure. he's gonna gain it back. Do you think? Like, do you yeah, think he'll gain on. it back with Ellie? Yes. Yeah, definitely. For sure. I hope so. <laughs> sure, sure. We'll talk. Well, there's a, there's a scene that like I feel like yeah. it tells you it later, but we'll get there. Yeah. So that will move us along to our first introduction to Merlene and Kim and a couple other random fireflies. But Kim and Merlene got names, so we're gonna stick with them. And it's kind of just them talking about the fireflies in general. You figure out what they're about. Merlene is the Boston fireflies leader. And this girl, Kim, is kind of like her right hand number two. She's like, hey, people are starting to ask questions about the kid chained up in the room. And it seems like we don't really have a plan. We get some exposure to Merlene as kind of this badass leader. If I'm being honest, there's no way around it. She's like, tell them to follow orders and trust in the rebellion she's very much we are freedom fighters fighting oppression fighting a military dictatorship that is how they kind of like paint themselves because you can kind of mistake them with vigilantes if they're shooting cops in the street so that's kind of how she rationalizes it um as this series progresses the fireflies are not 100 percent are Good guys, guys are yeah. right. Knights right, in shining right. armor. It's it's a zombie show. There's there's going to be a lot of tough decisions to make, but I, I like this Merlene character and pretty cool. I believe they got the voice actor from the video game to reprise the role. So oh, that's, that's awesome. They that's did. Awesome. That's awesome. And Merlene Dandridge back, baby. Jimmy, she reminds me so much of Mother Medarda from Arcane, like looks and personality wise. You would, oh, like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like right. Mel's mom when she comes in and how she's like, I had to leave you because you know uh, you were just a, a curse for me and I couldn't right. think straight. Like same kind of personality and looks. To be honest, like if she were to play the Arcane role of her for like a live action, I think she would be perfect. I like that. <laughs> But yeah, Marlene was awesome. I think she she's definitely a total badass of a character. I love we're getting this influx of a lot of badass characters, and I I hope we get more of her because I know now that Joel like I mean we're jumping the gun a little bit here, but with Joel and all them leaving the town, I hope we do get to see Marlene again. Um, uh, she's definitely not dead from the gunshot wound. That's a fact. But I think she's how do you def- freaking now, dude? <laughs> she definitely merits a lot more uh, screen time. Hopefully, going forward. And kind of this scene ends. Merlene's like all the fireflies in Boston are gathering here and we're getting the hell out of the quarantine zone with the girl. And she hands Kim a little note that presumably describes what Ellie is and why she's so important. That makes her questions dissipate and she is fully on board. So people know how important this kid is. Um, And when they learn that information, nothing else really matters. So that is where the fireflies are at. They are also trying to leave the QZ. And first time watching, I legitimately had no guesses on what the note could have possibly said. Obviously, with the hindsight. Yeah, like when she handed the note, I I had no idea what the message was going to be. Someone I think had mentioned, maybe it was Alki or Luke, had just kind of blurted out like, oh, like maybe it's something about a vaccine, which 
also fit the bill still, but I, I right. legitimately was trying to pull all the guesses out of my head. Like, what could this be? But would you have been okay, Dave, with it being as surface level as like she's a big wig's daughter? No, no, yeah. yeah. Cause what is right. a big wig in this society? In the like, zombie apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. The only big wig <laughs> that I can probably think of that I, I actually wanted to bring up really quickly is like, if there is someone like an owner of the factory owner in Atlanta, like whoever's right, that's the making main, all the, that is like someone I could see being a big wig, but it, even in this time, I'm not thinking that like she's that person's daughter or anything. I think she's that just didn't fit it. That didn't oh, cut yeah. it for me. That it's is hard. That we talked about too is that we have Fedra. They mention you know Tessa. She's in federal lockup, so there's some level of government. Unless this Fedra entity is just hijacking that word because everyone has a preconceived notion that that resembles authority, federal. But yeah. like thinking like like there's no way that we're voting on president. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like right, how right. are they doing elections? That's what I'm thinking at this point. So it's just kind of made me laugh. For what it's worth, Fedra is I'm sorry, Fedra is an acronym for Federal Disaster Response Agency. So that okay. is a federal agency. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of yeah. just curious to find out more about like what our actual government structure is like. Obviously, the fireflies don't agree with the way things are done. We're getting a lot of the idea that it's kind of like a military dictatorship. Wouldn't be crazy that like if everything hit the fan like this, that the military and people high up in the military will kind of just step in and take control. Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm very curious to find out more about that. Again, exactly when we're thinking of who could possibly even be a big wig in the show. Obviously, we're going to meet people, it feels like, that have some level of power. We've only really met federal grunts. Uh, Marlene has power in the sense that people follow her. She's got clout in the QZ, dude. It's like, yeah, it's like the true power, <laughs> but obviously there's people that have legitimate some type of you know level of wealth, whatever you want to call that. If it's actually ration cards, it seems like maybe it'll actually just be resources. So it's going to be fun to kind of get all of that info in the future. But we're definitely not voting on presidents at this point. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's really fun to have you two be on this because, Brian, I'm sure you're the same way. It's hard to watch this show where it's not like I'm watching this show for a second time. I'm watching a new show, but I have the source material in my head, like you would say, Kyle, with its Wheel of Time, Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, whatever it is, where some of it's just so word for word. And then, you know, the next parts I'm like in my head, is that is the show doing well at letting the non video game people understand or do I only understand because I know the, the mm -hmm. video game? But having you to explain everything and what your thought process is, is really good. I enjoy it a lot because it's tough. It's tougher for me and Brian, I'm sure, just because we just assume and know what's next. Yeah. Watch. I will say oh, I'm sorry to step over again, mm -hmm. B Tom's, but I, I was spoiled on the her her being ellie the immunity thing i'm assuming that i mean they kind of spell it out a little bit later just from promo materials mm -hmm. okay there okay. was like a scene where they mentioned it and talked about it and it was uh, like okay i'm a little actually, upset i saw that but it is what it is i actually didn't see that i at some point it just clicked for me that she had an immunity it was even before yeah we see um the whole like run into the fedra agent again it was before that but it did kind of click for me at some point that she must have an immunity it was probably when she says like yeah you can like oh are you a big wigs daughter and she responds like yeah something like that i think maybe there i was already right. theorizing that okay she must have an immunity it's nice that it just is first episode 
we know you know like that yeah. card is on the table that's fine for me just from my perspective of having it been spoiled i'm glad it wasn't like a yeah. central part of some mystery and plot development that like the information was being withheld for a reason so that was kind of like a sigh relief for me at the end of this episode when it kind of is confirmed to be mm -hmm. fair, even though it was still episode one, that still was a surprise that was spoiled for you. And that is why I'm adamantly opposed to previews. And I will yeah. always <laughs> die on that hill. I think it's BS. They give away too much. Yeah. It's too tough much. when you're uh, when you're pretty active on the Bingetown account. Yeah, yeah. True that. And true when you're that. diehard and you just want any kind of content and the trailer comes out, you're just like, let's go. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So there's a little Tessa and Joel scene that happens, but we'll circle back. Merlene comes into Ellie and has a heart to heart with her, like takes off the cuffs and presumably like breaks it down to her because I'm it doesn't seem like Ellie is really plugged in at this point in time. Like, why am I here? Why am I so important? What are you trying to do with me? And it seems like they have an off screen conversation where a lot of her questions are answered. But what we do see on screen is kind of alluding to. Merlene has been kind of like an angel protector to um, I was about to call her Bella Ellie her entire life put her in Fedra schools because that was the safest place that she would possibly be um, etc etc she says when Ellie says oh the fireflies are terrorists which she takes offense to like mm -hmm, a lot of offense mm -hmm. she comes back with was Riley a terrorist who clearly that hit an emotional note with Ellie. So like there's some history here. Merlene knows everything that there is to know about Ellie. Also, we found out in this scene that it is Ellie, not Veronica, which, you know, yeah. everybody knew that was coming. Um, and then we end it with a, you have a greater purpose than any of us could have imagined. You can't repeat this to anyone where I assure you, you will die. So like, this was probably where it clicked for me that it was more than just a big wig's daughter, that it was probably uh, the cure of some like along the lines of a cure. That's an interesting thing, though, when you connect those two pieces of logic of if she is immune and is the key to the cure. As my adjustable desk flies away <laughs> see i literally see you like my, microphone. <laughs> my microphone almost goes up my nose um you can see, like why would she why would people kill her if she is the cure i'm not i think that should more of like a question thrown out into the abyss but it's just like an interesting i think it would thing. be more so about people killing each other for her not just necessarily killing her like wars would be started like Fire, if Fireflies and both Fedra knew yeah. of Ellie's existence, there would be much more bloodshed than if I took it as but you're right. like the, the conspiracy theory that we have the cure for cancer, but yeah. there's too much yeah. money in curing and in, in treating cancer than curing it. So like the idea and again, I, because I'm very interested in this idea of big wigs in the world of if there's someone who is obviously preferring this way of life. And the level of control that they have like is in there a, this like, version of society versus what we left behind in 2003 like is there like a like you're asking if there's like maybe a a, a, a trusted doctor that everyone knows that they can maybe. bring her to yeah oh no i well i just mean more like you know whoever has like there's got to be someone probably that's sitting on a mountain of resources you know this company yeah, yeah, yeah. Atlanta, like maybe they're just you know breaking it in hand over fist there's a couple you know people there that are just they're fat as hell. They've been eating. They're just mm -hmm. doing whatever the hell they want because they're like they provide all these resources for this version of the world, and they're not really keen on this version of the world changing. Now, let me uh, put this thought out there because this is genuinely 
for me something that I don't know if I should know because I haven't played the game in a long time or if it's something I just it was added to the show or whatever. And it's it's just interesting to me. So we're assuming here the two of you are assuming it has something to do with the cure or she's immune. Obviously, we get to the end and we find out that she's pretty much immune. So that's not a huge spoiler anymore. Um, If Marlene knows this. She's known her since she's a baby and she puts in Fedro. What does she need to grow up to be able to leave the the quarantine? Like, what's the deal with that? Like, why can't I don't she be the... think you are supposed to know that because I was a little confused about yeah, that as okay. well, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, That's a good question, Mark. If maybe both yeah. of us are just out of tune with the video game. But if that's a little seed that they planted for everybody, I, I think that's a good one. Well, she yeah. does say too, like your destiny, and again, B Tom's probably said it closer than I'll say it. Of you know, it turns out it's so much greater than we thought. So it could be that maybe, I guess, maybe Marlene didn't know when that well, decision yeah, was like, made early on that Ellie was immune. And then to play on, or not to play on, but to continue that thought of, of another question that I have from this scene, because Ellie says to her, "So what are you, my mom?" Yeah, so and I that like made me think. Yeah, well, that was good. But like, of does Ellie not know who her parents are? And is that going right. to be something that plays? Because again, I mean, we were like one theory that got thrown around when we watched for the first time, like we've been talking about is, was it a big wig? But it, maybe if it's not that, it seems like it's important in some level. Jimmy, yeah. have you ever played the prequel, uh, The Last of Us Left Behind? I don't think so. Okay, gotcha. Was it a an add-on to the Last of Us original, or was it an actual game? I think it was a separate game, actually, huh. which I'm thinking, since it was a prequel, it may explain maybe the history of Ellie. I've never played it, and I'm not right, right, exactly right. sure what happens in it, so that's probably the last. Well, that's good. Then we get a little yeah, yeah, too, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I'm going, I'm going to go out on a limb, and maybe it's not a limb, but I'm feeling some like Lily and James Potter vibes mm-hmm. for her parents. Okay. Of like, they have some level of importance within like like the resistance but like it's been hidden from her the part of the they were defeated. doing something of like the resistance but they weren't like out on the streets maybe they are you know epidemiologists whatever right. uh, chemists something like that where her grandfather's body otis yeah i mean that would be crazy be but sweet. I that would actually be sweet like i just hope i didn't completely spoil made it. up it <laughs> seems like it would no, be completely made Jimmy's up too from good the, from the game jimmy's right? too good with those predictions i'm already um, worried that this is gonna happen i think <laughs> i think it's important to just talk about the fact that when we're having this conversation this is also going to what you said kyle where i'm asking the question why she put her in fedra as a child as a baby i mean she says i'm an orphan are you my mom blah 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 Mar- Marlene is yelling at her for trying to escape and she literally is caught because she was trying to escape and we're assuming she it's three weeks old that's when she was bit so she was bit and then Marlene's like yo we got to take you and, and protect you so maybe they didn't know she was the cure or immune or whatever as a baby and there is another reason it's just you know because it is important yeah. to notice that I think it's the first time they find out she's immune when she just gets bit three weeks ago Makes sense, because they're—I mean—they're currently running all the tests on her. They're testing her cognitive ability because, to see whether she's deteriorating, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. And there has to be some reason where she's just like, "Yo, we're taking her out today," you know? Like yeah. she had how old she is? Just like I don't really know how Sarah, how old Sarah was—sixteen, fourteen, thirteen, whatever. <laughs> she had that entire life 
to take her out of the out of the quarantine zone and to take her to wherever she needs to go. But she just just decides now. So it is. I'm hoping we get some answers there. I would agree. But for now, all we have is questions. So we'll leave it at that. Um, Circling back to the Joel and Tess scene that we kind of skipped over. It's just. Oh, no. In the town center of the QZ, um, a Firefly recruiter comes up to Joel and it's just like, hey, buddy, if you're lost in the darkness, he's like, if you tell me search for the light, I will knock you out, brother. Keep walking, <laughs> which is a great scene. So you know, is, is like the Fireflies. Like, is it also religion? Like what? The, like, because that's like the way he was pitching it. That guy sounded like he was trying to pitch a religion almost. Yeah. To him, you know, yeah. So I, I, w- I want to let you form your own opinions. Actually, yeah, I don't kind of want to guide that. You're I think that's maybe, a great question, though. Yeah, maybe if I anything, agree. if anything, the fireflies would have been born from this religion. And then that would be like the religion slogan would be the main low like motto for the fireflies. That's just what I'll guess, I guess, for now. I was well, anti know, that thought. We, we discussed this a little bit when we were watching it, and I was anti that thought. I wouldn't mind a religious aspect to all this. I think it would be a nice touch. So. But if they skip think- over it as a religion, that's totally fine with me too. But it came off very religion, religiony. Like when you're playing like <laughs> Assassin's, when you're, when you're playing like Assassin's Creed, and there's just those guys that are just howling at the the sky, you know, just you know, God is great and everything. It just felt like that. Yeah, I'll just say it is surreal as someone who played the video games to see like things come to life like the firefly symbol on the wall or the or the writing on the wall that they're, that's spray painted or with blood in certain situations it's just so cool to see and i had to text did luke watch or play last of us no oh well i guess i texted someone i shouldn't have been texting i thought i didn't say any spoilers but i was like i'm getting chills right now from the very star of this tv show because it's just my favorite game ever just literally come to life and throughout this episode with these Easter eggs and with these things that are happening where you look over and you see the, you see that you see the stamp, the symbol and you see the, the slogan. It's like, man, this is cool. And they're doing a good job of like subtle background world building, just like how you kind of navigate the video game too. It's very subtle. It's like you said, picking up a newspaper and getting like a headline or something. And the show is kind of doing it the same way. And I, it's, just bears repeating how as video game players we are appreciating what they're doing here in the show and i feel like based on what i've read that's that's the general consensus of the fandom so while joel is telling the firefly to f off tess is gathering some information about where robert is dealing the battery away they figure out where it's going down they're familiar with the place and they know how to sneak in so that'll kind of fast forward us to them sneaking into this house and they're just kind of going through the uh, QZ, like it's all run down, whatever. When they're going through this dark basement, they run into kind of a final stage fungi infection. And essentially, you just kind of like post up against a wall and become one with the wall. It's like creepy. It scares <laughs> Is that religion, like, dude? Is that religion? It's a little religion. Becoming yeah. one with the wall is quite religion, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I um, thought it was interesting. We kind of were talking about it a little bit, us group of rookies that watched together. And I w- we were just thinking of like, because obviously Body Odyssey in the beginning is talking about how the oh you like that you like Body I love Odyssey? It, dude. I love it. we're <laughs> singular minds, man. Um, talking about how you know it's obviously in the fungus, the fungi, the fungus's best interest to keep the host alive, and it you know it 
kind of stops it from decomposing, but obviously it needs to eat at the same time. And it was kind of, we, we were just thinking of like, did the person put themselves down there? Cause then it would like stop them from like being able to get out and being able to eat. And then it would just kind of die off that way. And obviously we don't know the answer. So I'm interested. And like Dave had said, it's always fun when it's like grounded in some level of science or, you know, realistic sounding science, even if it's, right. you know, completely hargy bargy made up bullshit. <laughs> so I'm interested to find out more about that. And I think Tess says or asked a similar question like, I'm sorry, did this guy come down here after he figured out he was turned or was he down here and something down here infected him? Oh, shit, that's a possibility. Let's get out of here because we could. Yeah. And it's got yeah. me. It was it made me wonder, too, as well, what the this, the levels of the infection were, because you do see in the trailer that one of the zombies that they run into, it looks like, you know, half its head is missing, but it's like just all brain up top. So because I, I was thinking of that zombie and then I was seeing the one that was dead from just i guess not eating and how it still looked very much like a human whereas the ones that we saw in the trailer were very just straight up like aliens almost so it just got me thinking a little bit about the the stages and will this like if that was the final stage of its like evolution or form you know will it evolve eventually into something much scarier so that's perfect sell man yeah yeah exactly <laughs> perfect sell <laughs> Uh, all I'll say is that the video game, and I'm hoping the show, and, and Brian already alluded to the fact that the show does do this subtly, they give you, if there's different versions of the zombies, you get information about where they are in the evolution, if that's mm -hmm. how you want to say it, how they act in that evolution. It's it's good. You'll, you'll understand everything. I actually kind of forgot to emphasize it, but in the first scene when we see Boston and the little girl goes into town as she's getting processed, she takes note of a sign on the wall that says like 15 to 20 minutes, hand twitching, mm, right. uh, one to 12 hours, like loss of cognitive function, like 24 hours, full infection, something like that. Oh, right. Okay. Right. I interpreted yeah. that as like, if you get bit on the foot, you have 12 hours, <laughs> That's actually 12 funny to 24 because hours. I, someone who bit, played the game like, on the arm, you have, six to 12 and then if you're bit like neck up you're pretty much fucked because it's like instant i took it that way too honestly and i i don't know how much they even get into it in the video game in that way but it's funny that's how i took it you could very much time. be right yeah. i don't have enough facts to tell you you're wrong so it is that's a little true. ambiguous and i will say background of that guess is and another world sense. war z reference mm -hmm. one of my favorite parts of the world war z movie is when Brad Pitt is with that woman, that UN soldier or whatever she ends up being, and she gets bit on the arm, and Brad Pitt just immediately cuts her arm off. Right, and it's and they do that in The Walking Dead too. Yeah, with her with yeah. Herschel when they cut his leg off. So it's great. I mean, and I I do think if you're gonna say that it's the brain that gets taken over, well then that would make sense. You know, yeah. if you get bitten in yeah. the toe. It's the longest to get to the brain. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> I'm looking forward, hopefully, in the future of a scene where that happens, where someone gets bit in like the foot or like the hand, and it's like, I got a little zombie nibbling on my toe, bro. Yeah, because that's I like one of my. I love that scene because it's so crazy in World War Z. This is when he does that because, like, I don't know if I could ever have like the mental fortitude to just like make that decision in that moment because he doesn't even think about it he literally takes the machete off her hip and just cr whips her hand right off and i was like god damn it's that's see that i i have the herschel scene in my head and i've seen world war z but it's been so long that i can't really remember that and it's very similar it is it's like it's it's 
it's the thing that you're saying, Brian, where your mentality totally changes in the zombie apocalypse and certain people go one way, certain people go the other way. And it's the people that can act without thinking whether that's a good thing or not. They're the ones that can survive. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. Yeah, being able to act within fear, like, you know, while right, still right, having right. fear. I think that's it's just going to yeah. be fun. That's just by part of why I love zombie stories. I love thinking about it. I love like because it's it's just fun to think about what you would do in that scenario. Fun because you're on your own couch and you're not currently living that reality, because obviously when the reality comes around, you would probably act a lot different. But I, that's why I just love these stories. And they're, they're very they're always they always end up being like very human driven. Oh, Walking yeah. Dead is something we've talked about. World War Z, obviously, too, of of you know the beginning is always like the zombie shit it's crazy and they're the enemy but it always boils down to the people being the enemies at some level and it's just yep. going to be really fun to explore that idea in this world nailed it thank you and that will take us back to joel and tess navigating through this building uh they kind of get to this crawl space and climb up a chute and we have a little dialogue joel cracks a joke about oh in the 80s this is why there's a crawl space here they were trying to sell condos and she's like oh this has been construction corner with joel i think that is that's just a little way of saying this is one of the people that joel has let in he's a hard ass to a lot of people but he is capable of being this guy too um and tess mm -hmm, is one mm -hmm. of the people who he has done that with so she's like okay we're getting off here this leads out into the hallway it's blocked blood's coming through they kind of go in and survey the scene. Robert's there dead. Another guy's dead. They see this battery that is completely burnt to crisp. And she's like, this fucking guy tried to sell a dud battery to two different parties. Son of a bitch. And we find out that Merlene did not take kindly. She took offense to that. Him trying I to sell so, her yeah. a dud battery. So there was a shoot off and we are walking into the wreckage. Merlene and Kim were the only ones to survive. And of course, Ellie, who jumps out of a door and tries to stab Joel immediately on meeting him. So that's that's kind of her fight or flight instinct. She's going fight. You can't expect to get a jump on the Mandalorian. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Those instincts are way too man. Yeah, he's he, he too dealt sharp. with very easily <laughs> which is fun he just like tossed her and she was, yeah, like, it was like whack <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was good but again i they did a great job of like right before this when they're exploring and we get the and we keep using the word zombie i, I don't know if they'll end up having their own world they'll drop word it. if they drop it they'll drop it yeah exactly <laughs> so i'm excited to find out what that ends up being but um what was I going to say here oh of like they give us that danger and then we see the blood and i was thinking okay like it's gonna go down like we're infected people like we're gonna get some infected people right here and yeah. it turns out to be people people on people which again like we just said yeah. is is oftentimes even a more interesting storyline so merlene and joel instantly like everybody knows each other tess and joel yeah. know who merlene is there's history there and they don't shoot on site so they're not completely enemies but there's no love lost it seems between these two parties and Kim is the reoccurring character who Merlene just chomps her out. Do you have fucking ears, Kim? <laughs> yeah, adults are talking, easy. stay in your lane. Sorry, Kim, but you're literally missing an ear, girlfriend. I didn't even notice she was missing an ear until she said that. And then I, they, she, they showed the angle. And I was like, oh, was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's bad. So moral of the story, there was a shootout. Merlene's bleeding out. 
Fedro would have been on their way because of all the gunshots. They got to start making moves now. Merlene clearly has history and says, look, I know how capable the two of you are. For better or for worse, you're able to do the things that need to be done. This girl's important. I can get you a battery, a full car, whatever you want. If you can safely get her out of the QZ to the rest of the fireflies in the state house outside of the QZ. And there's kind of a sidebar with Joel and Tess. And they're like, do you trust her? Neither do I. But she looks desperate. And they're like, "Okay, she does really seem desperate. They can kind of pick up. There's something about this girl. um, And they agree to the deal. I honestly got the impression here that. I thought Marlene and Joel had some level of like romantic past. Bangity bang. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. I forget what exactly what she says. And B times you paraphrased it as well of like she knows what the two of them are capable of. And I think she says for better or worse. Yeah, she does. So for better, I was like, okay, she knows that Joel lays that thing yeah. down. Well and I just <laughs> I just and I, we obviously want her to be a recurring character so i'm curious to see what, if we get that kind of info hey, joel's got all like, kind of clout in the qz man. Yeah, yeah, he does, yeah he does all different kinds of clout but i mean it does seem like joel's more open to having the conversation with her and tess isn't which would make sense like if they had a prior relationship and tess is like dude f her f the x come on yeah, I'm, I'm the new girl here um now let me ask you guys this did you catch Anything, let's talk about the Tommy situation, because that got brought up in between the with the conversation between Marlene and Joel. Did you guys catch that whole thing? Yeah, that he's now a member of the Fireflies. Right. So obviously, Joel doesn't agree with the Fireflies, but he's still he still hovers on the fence, depending on where he needs to be, what he needs to do. But he says he lost his brother to the Fireflies. And obviously, Marlene, just like when she got pissed about the terrorist thing, she says, yeah. Yeah, you didn't lose him to the fireflies. Like he did the right thing, whatever. So mm-hmm. even though it's still his brother, he loves him. He's a firefly, though. Yeah, I'm curious again I, to find out. We were even questioning when we jumped 20 years. Obviously, a lot of fucking things can happen in 20 years, and we were like, "Is Tommy even going to be alive?" Yeah, so we were happy, and I didn't. Ex- I didn't expect. So okay, the small round of background that I had on the story in general was that obviously Joel and Ellie. We're not related, but they were taking this journey together through whatever the hell they were going through and right. finding out that Ellie has this immunity is interesting. And my question was kind of like, what the hell is Joel? Like, what is Joel's reason to be out there? Like, what, what kind of objective or goal does he have? And I'd like that it is Tommy. I think the 20 years, again, just offers interesting perspective on this whole thing because 20 years is going to that for better or for worse that's going to change tommy clearly it already has and so last time we saw tommy he was the one that was advocating for pulling over on the side of the road to help people so it kind of fits the bill that in his mind if the fireflies are the quote-unquote good side that he would want to join that faction and help free the people but maybe there's also some dark things that happened to him that led him to maybe more of a like an evil kind of person. I don't expect he'll, you know, he'll be full blown evil, but it's just, again, the whole 20 years dynamic makes it certainly interesting. And in these kinds of situations that can definitely more than just change anybody. So something that we didn't really highlight about Tommy's character is that our only exposure to him, he had to be bailed out of prison because of a, drunk bar fight that was totally the other guy's fault but this but, wasn't the first time but you, and we actually we took it as 
what we had assumed, like, yes, on paper, it was a bar fight, but we had just assumed maybe it was someone who got infected that charged oh, yeah. at that's him. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. he beat the shit out of him. And so he, at the end of the day, I still think Tommy's a good guy. Maybe we'll see again what his character is when we get to see him again. But I last the last thoughts I had of him were positive ones. And so yeah. I'm interested to see if he will continue that role. Tommy seems like a guy who like, and I don't want to use the word lovable idiot or term or phrase, but he kind of seems like he's a really nice guy deep down and he just kind of does things without thinking, you know, because yeah, I feel like Joel, or... yeah, Joel kind of like when they're in the beginning with Sarah and it's like Tommy doesn't didn't eat. And he's like, I thought I was gonna get pancakes and he's like going through their fridge and he's like, we'll pick you up something on the way. And then. Tommy is like always looking to Joel for direction. And I'm just curious to see how their like relationship kind of has developed over these 20 years. We, Joel obviously cares about him still, but Tommy is now with this guerrilla slash terrorist slash freedom fighter slash whatever you want to call them group. And I'm just interested to see what he's Tommy is like now. If we ever get there, I don't know if that's like the end game level objective of Joel. Or not? I don't know, dude. Well, of course you do, but I well, said I don't know. We're on the side quest right now. <laughs> no, I mean, up, but I, okay, I thought you were being not. sarcastic. Yeah, no, I was, I was. We're I know the, you know, you scumbag. We're on the side quest, <laughs> picking up uh, Tommy, and then the the yeah, real story side will be with yeah Ellie. So Tommy's a lucky bastard because if he didn't get picked up by Joel, he'd be stuck in that jail cell while everything's going. Through down. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. So. Tess and Joel go back to the house. Obviously, they can't leave in broad daylight, so they have some time to kill. I forget where Tess goes, but, well, Tess and Joel first off have an, an adult conversation and lock Ellie in a room, and she immediately starts just, like, snooping around, looking through books and stuff, and she stumbles across kind of the 60s, 70s, 80s little notepad thing, and then when Joel comes in to take a nap, she immediately starts asking, so 60s means they have stuff, 70s means they don't, what does the 80s mean? And he's just like, D stop talking to me, I'm trying to, like, go make yourself useful or something. And then she remarks, your watch is broken, which hits him right in the Sarah, um, yeah. which is insane. Um, yep. And then he takes a nap. And right when he wakes up and is kind of like foggy wake up days, he's like, they were playing the song. Wake me up before you go. go," <laughs> And he's like, oh, fuck, not that. She's like, 80s is trouble. Yeah, yeah she's she's she knows what's up. This Ellie yeah, this my smart was, one. This was the uh, I guess the point in which I definitely really enjoyed Ellie as a character just because she could have easily had, you know, fucked with a lot of his things. She could have ran away in the moments that he was like taking a nap. You know, she could have easily had just done her own thing. And I honestly was expecting her to based off the aggression and personality we had seen earlier, but to see her just be able to deduce the, the code and as well as, you know, trust Joel enough to hang around, this uh, this was the turning point for me where it's like okay I'm ride I'm ride for these two now definitely you riding for the homie yeah and this is really cool if you go on Benchtown TV socials pretty much all of them TikTok Twitter Instagram I posted a reel where they parallel the video game to the show and the scene is just amazing the parallel where at the same time it's pretty much word for word and you're seeing Pedro Pascal and and Bella Ramsey act out. Joel and, and Ellie from the video game. And it's really cool. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. So after Joel and Ellie have their little conversation, whatever Tess comes back from whatever she was doing and says, all right, time to go. It's nighttime. Let's let's get the show on the 
uh, road. So that brings us to Joel, Ellie, and Tess sneaking through. Did they call it the buffer zone, Jimmy? Is that? I believe so. It's they're they're in the video game right now, man. They're hiding from the lights. They're they're sneaking around corners. Like I Dude, thought it was so badass. good as a video game player. And I keep being like, oh, I kind of hate that I don't that I already know what's going to happen next because like they're still landing with me these kind of surprises and these thrills. And I'm yeah. just like, it would be ten times more if I didn't know it was going to happen. Um, Agreed. But it's still amazing. It's still great. Yeah, um, you got you got your enjoyment out of it via the video game. Oh that. yeah, we're just that's getting why it via the yeah. TV show. I guess the highest compliment I can say is that, like, never mind. I forget where I was going with that. It was going to be a high compliment. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It sounded it's, like it was it's about the to be the highest high compliment. Yeah. There's some clout. There's some clout for the video game, just because, like I said, it's a cinematic. It was more cinematic than most video games at the time. Some people like it. Some people don't because some people just want to play the damn game. Some people don't want to see the cutscenes. But you put the cutscenes together. And you have the knowledge of the video game and you're literally watching a movie. That's how good it was. And for me and Brian, it's just now it's on an actual TV screen for us. And it's just chills, dude. Completely agreed. And like you said, this is pulled right out of the game. Ducking under the spotlights, the flashing lightning, the rain starts to pour. Like we are setting a scene. Mm -hmm. And as they're going through, they run into this guard taking a piss. And it seemed like it would have been really, really easy for them to just not interact and confront (laughs) him. But they like walk within two feet of him. Lightning strikes. He's like, oh, 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 okay. Let's pull up, zip, gun. Like they had, uh, but what happens happens whatever gets him at gunpoint he's like all right i know we did some deals in the past we're doing this one by the book starts like scanning them whatever and our girl ellie is the one to like whip him with the knife yeah Yeah, in the leg and at that he's just like joel get the fuck out of the way this girl like no that's not going unpunished and we get some flashbacks to you know the sarah scene and joel ain't gonna let that thing happen twice so he tackles him beats the shit out of him that's that ruthlessness within joel but the paternal instincts bringing out the ruthlessness so you get the duality of joel man this show's pretty good in my opinion (laughs) ellie liked it too i don't know i mean that's the way i read the look on her face it wasn't like she was horrified by it it was more like she was i don't want to say interested i don't think intrigued is right Respect, it was, maybe it was just like i she don't know understands I mean, it for sure i, I took it almost like point. it's like okay this is the real world or something you know like yeah. not horrified not enjoying but like it's just like kind of like it's coming to light for her like yeah enlightening her almost because we do have when they actually like get there and she like stands up and is like is loud and like almost exclaims something and then like Tess like drags her to the ground it's like jesus christ like <laughs> and i think joel yeah. even says like shut He's up like, oh and, like, i'm outside like yeah yeah hey yeah. fedra like <laughs> which is just fun because we get you know we've had scenes with her of being like the hardo but yeah it's just nice to get the reminder that she is just this you know She's young kid kid yeah so it's, it's pretty good. But I agree with Tom's. It was like when they got caught, with like the, the, especially the way they oriented the camera of like him taking the piss. And then it's just like them, like very obviously walking by. <laughs> he was everyone who's thing. ever played the, the stealth games. The guy taking the piss against the wall is the guy you come up behind and choke out nice yeah. and quietly. Oh, yeah. Just keep on going. Yeah. My gosh. <laughs> yeah. So cinematically, some complaints about that scene, but it was so good. Otherwise, we're just gonna yeah. we're just I gonna like keep on trancing along. Here. You could argue you could arguably headcanon that as like a wink, wink to people who have like struggled through 
the like Self sneaking games. parts of the game yeah. and like, I like that. It, it, you got it, detected. getting caught on certain points and you had to deal with the consequences of that. That's the that's way me. About it. That's Kyle me. offered us a silver lining. You have the option to take it or yeah. be frustrated like me. And <laughs> I'm a pretty sad person. So I'm know. taking it. There you go. I got you, Jim. Just kidding, guys. So, yes, our guard dies and it's time to go. Fedra's going to be on the way. They're not going to hear this guy report, so they got to go. Meanwhile, Tess runs the diagnostic gun on Ellie and that thing is shining red. So Tess is now in the know. Joel's like, what's up with this girl? They don't really have time to like digest that information because they just got to go. Ellie's like, no, I can back for myself. Does this look like one day old to you? Like, I'm the truth. I'm the answer. I'm the, truth. I'm the thought, answer. Alan love, Iverson, baby. Yeah. I love the reveal. I mean, even though it was like somewhat predictable, or whatever, it just it's cool thinking back to when you first meet her when they're running the test. She's like, it's been, you know, 10 days of me you telling me to count numbers. And so when you think back on those scenes, it just all makes sense that she got bit. They chained her up, I guess, maybe to potentially just experiment on a, a, one of the zombies or turn people. And then all of a sudden she's not turning and then it's days go by and she's still not turning. And they're like, OK, well, let's just keep running through the tests. And if she passes and eventually, you know, we'll we'll make our next move. But it's just cool being able to look back on those scenes and just be like, OK, now that makes sense on why they had her chained up, why they were doing the tests over and over again. Yeah. And she's definitely special. Yeah, let me just say that maybe like if we were trying to get some answers in our own head, some head cannon here, maybe, you know, she was Firefly's kid or a big wigs kid, whatever it is. Marlene had some kind of association with her and she got bit when she was young, but they kept it a secret somehow. And Marlene's put, you know, pushed her away into the Fedra until just to keep her safe because she knows that she would die if she if they caught it. And then, you know, she gets bit again and they want to prove that she's actually going to be fine. And then now, 20 years later or 15, 10 years later, it's time to, to do something with the cure. I don't I don't know. I really don't know. But, I'm, you know, I'm thinking maybe she was there could be a situation where maybe she was bit twice. I, I Like, what would you do, though? Like, that's here's the thing. If you find Ellie bit. Why would you take her back? Like, I mean, Dave, what you're saying, like, why would you put bring her into the house, into the house with chained up? Like, unless, like you said, you're test on her or something. But it really, you would just think that's stupid. Yeah, I would just Brad Pitt her ass. I think yeah, maybe right? it was just pure. Ch- I think it's maybe pure. <laughs> maybe it's just pure coincidence. Maybe she, you know, found this child, drops her off with Fedra just to give her, you know, somewhat of a life, and then comes back years later, knows who it is, and then all of a sudden, wow, you're also immune crazy world you know one thing i want to say because i don't want some diehard to have like a pulsating forehead vein like why don't these guys know this uh i just looked up the character riley who merlin name dropped she was in that prequel video mm-hmm. game so mm-hmm. i believe there is some prequel content that probably if you played that game you might already know the connection mm-hmm. between merlin o'reilly yes. and ellie and but I think we're going to get flashbacks because Riley has yeah. been cast. Yeah, I would imagine so as well. Yeah. But it's nice that you guys are now kind of in something. our boat with that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, Correct. I like it. Yeah. But for the diehard out there, we also don't know. We're rookies. So go easy on us. We're learning. But yeah, that is our episode. I mean, Never Let Me Down, which is a song called by, excuse me. Depeche. <laughs> a song called Never Let Me Down Again by Depeche Mode. Depeche uh, Mode which was produced in 1987, which Mm. means trouble is playing on the radio. We already know our boys are in trouble and we get some lightning strikes illuminating a very ominous 
leaning building or leaning skyscrapers that me and Jimmy assuredly recognize. Oh, yes. It was I'm really funny. excited. <laughs> My thing was just laughing that like you wouldn't catch me walking anywhere near that thing. I guess maybe if it hasn't fallen down in 20 years, <laughs> it won't fall down like it's pretty stuck where it is. But there is no fucking way I would trust the structural integrity of that fucking thing. I wouldn't go anywhere near that motherfucker. Just such a solid first episode. It was from the first 30 minutes to the, the back half of getting the time skipping, reintroducing some of these characters and introducing new characters. Just great start. I already want more zombies. I'm already so in to get more of those these these creepy crawlies. And there's just so much we have to get into. Uh, do they ever announce how many seasons they aim for it to be? Or is it just play by ear as of right now? So. And I guess I based know, off your guys' experiences. So, so obviously too, how many you guys you know that there's be? that there's Last of Us Part 1 and Part 2. Right. And with the popularity, people want a Part 3. And it's probably going to happen. But we know that Part 1 and Part 2 had like eight. 10 years difference or what was, was it was part one 13 brian or was it earlier than that i don't know much about part two so i i kind of okay so either way basically the the showrunner did say that they don't like fluff and it might be part one of season one part two of season two which would be pretty crazy because it's like the game is obviously one game and then you go to the next game but you could spread it you could and it doesn't seem I, like that's their vibe, which I really appreciate. Yeah. They got Neil Druckmann's the guy and Craig Mazin is the Chernobyl. They're the two showrunners. It seems like they're like, this is an adaptation. It, they know what worked about the video game. Like you said, they're not going out of their way to add fluff, which means that the content they're putting out. If this episode is any representation, like, yes, they are doing it by the video games. Yeah, pretty, pretty closely. And Jimmy, I don't think there's enough bluff to like spread it out and do it right. I I could very well see it being a season one, part one, season two, part two, because th- there was a lot in this episode. And I'm just thinking about how part The Last of Us part one played. They could probably hit most of it in nine episodes, if not all if they're like heavy hour and a half hitters like this one. Yeah. If they really wanted to like get us with like, yeah, we're going to do season one, two, three, four, five, and you're going to love it. And you're going to watch. They could have made the prequel part of this show episode one if they really wanted to i mean it would have a lot of fluff but they could have um i'm glad that they decided like 30 minutes for the prequel 45 ish minutes for the beginning of the main story yeah i I agree brian i do think that it probably should just be one season part one if they really want to do part two season two part two do that I'm not sure. Excuse me. I'm not sure how hard they're going to go on the flashbacks, but they could make a prequel season about the left behind game I was talking to. And if they wanted to, after they run out of content and if the creators are on board, they could probably keep on going with the story after The Last of Us Part Two and come out with new content just for the TV show. And this is where it would get really, really funny and interesting because no way will Part Three come out before season three if there's a season three. So we get into George R. R. Martin's issues here <laughs> because, I mean, obviously you have Neil Druckmann. He's he's making the show. So are you going to spoil the video game so you can have a season three of a show or are you going to just wait or are you not even going to go there? Who knows? Well, we'll see. But, you know, there's no way that they're going to have part three out in the next two to three years unless they actually take two to three years in between each season, which I mean, you know, they could if they want, I guess. Yeah, they take a while to produce shows like these. So I could see a season three being like 
four, five years from now? I don't know. We're speculating way into the future for episode one here. Um, This has been a hefty podcast episode, so I kind of want to turn it over to Dave and Kyle. Just like, I don't know, lasting opinions. What are you guys thinking? Oh, this is definitely going to be a show I'm just so excited to be a part of. And it honestly, if it got me hype, actually, you guys talking about how season one is set to be just part one of the video game. I think that would just and that there's no fluff. I think that just fits what I'm looking for in a TV show so much now. Like, I don't want shows to drag on. Uh, you know, there's no reason if they don't need to, they don't need to. So if we're just going to get shot for shot for one season for part one, I'm all in. I'm excited to see how this would end. And I'm excited to see how, I mean, it's going to be years down the line, but how part two would end, especially knowing that part three is a possibility. So I want to see if, you know, part two ends with a cliffhanger or if it's kind of like an open-ended thing that you can uh, make for yourself. But either way, this episode one hooked me. Absolutely. Um, This kind of goes back into what I was saying at the beginning of the pod. Like, you know, I wish we could binge all eight right now, but at the same time, I do love watching week to week. So I'll just have to be patient like the rest of all of us and uh, just wait till Sunday. I'm a, I'm a, so into the idea of the week to week versus the binge i am i don't know if i'm just a minority in like general population i'm not sure like in this conversation but i am not a big fan of the full season at once release so i'm really glad it's like this i love the idea of appointment viewing week to week the only negative thing i will say about that is that the the timing of the calendar year it just kind of sucks that it's the nfl playoffs Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like I, we actually did watch fairly on time last night while the the Ravens and the Bengals game was on. But like, if we're gonna get into like, a, I wonder yeah, if further we'll in the playoffs, the Super Bowl <laughs> day, like, will they still drop it on the Super Bowl day? Or like the conference Monday I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of interesting to think about. I'm excited for when the football season's over as well. When it's like, okay, Sundays is Sundays will just become the Last of Us days, the same ways mm-hmm. that Sundays became House of Dragon days. Mm-hmm. You would think that they would have been aware of that and just like delayed it by a month. Very weird now that you're bringing it up. Yeah, but yeah. it is what it is. Sometimes that happens. Uh, Jimmy, you got anything before I take us away? No, I'm, I I like what Dave and Kyle said. Just the fact that chills, chills, chills replaying this in my mind after having one of my favorite games of all time translated to the TV screen. It looks like it's a perfect homage so far. I'm really excited to see what they do for the rest of it. And going really quick back to what we were talking about with the multiple seasons, I would 100% respect them more if they just did one season part one, one season part two, even if they skip part two, whatever, because they have it so easy. If they want, they could be freaking the walking dead and just be like, here's some seasons of bullshit in between. And that's that's exactly what what I was thinking. Yeah, that's the kind of show that I was thinking of when it's like when if you just want to drag this on, I would rather much rather just have a structured schedule because Walking Dead is the perfect example of something that just dragged on for way too long. Yeah. Well, you got to hope that The Walking Dead and maybe a show like Game of Thrones is ending kind of serves as a cautionary tale for HBO not to try and get more out of this than it's capable of providing. And I. I think Good that's point. all I'm going to say on the subject. I, I, will do just... have, I do have two final things. The one is just going to be I'm, I'm interested a lot in Tessa's story because I was not aware at all of Tessa's character. Everything about this show, the game is always advertised as Joel and Ellie. Didn't expect that to be some level of romantic Joel interest. So 
curious to see, see seeming like she's going to kick the bucket the same way that we yeah. got the impression from <laughs> Sarah in the beginning of this episode. So what her ending ends up looking like, what her past is, I'm sure we'll get some infos about her infos, info about her past, which will maybe, you know, will play into the way that she dies, which will make us even sadder. So I'm in a weird way, I guess, technically looking forward to that. And then the second thing will be a question to Dave and I guess to me as well of, uh, we've been calling them zombies. I don't think they're going to call them zombies. And I'm just curious if you have a guess, Dave, of what the hell the, the term is going to come out to be. I have some written Creepy down. Creepy crawlers do infected. That's like a basic one. That's like that was close. one of the ones. Yeah, the like infected like was that. the one like the most cookie cutter dry one. And then because of Bodyotis's monologue in the beginning, uh, I like shroomies. Something with mushrooms <laughs> oh, and <yeah>. funguses. <laughs> spores okay. is interesting as well. That seems oh, that's more a, scientific. See, that spores. was a, that's a good one because I was go. trying to think of yeah. a, a like a fungal and like word yeah. that I could use, but that's a good one. Spores yeah. wouldn't be bad. And then a group of them can be colonies. I'm okay. just throwing out the terms. Into, yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm really curious. I want to find out. Like I said in the beginning, what, I'm I'm really into like zombie stories like this, so I'm excited to to get all this technical stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, I like that. Brian? Yeah, those were good guesses. Um, I, I guess my lasting words are just as a player of the video games, I'm very satisfied with this episode and I'm just so excited because I know what scenes that they have left to work with. And if you think that was impressive, you haven't seen anything yet. And I'm just yep. so, 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 so excited for all of it. And even next episode, I know what's going to happen and I think they're going to smash it out of the park. So a lot to be excited for here and a lot to already be satisfied with. That's going to do it for The Last of Us Episode 1, Season 1 coverage, series premiere. We're going to be covering this week in and week out. This this is already turning into, like Kyle said, appointment television. HBO has that effect on people. Um, and if you like what you heard here, definitely keep listening to our The Last of Us coverage, but also give Town TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram, all our social uh, social medias at Bingetown TV. Visit us on BingetownTV.com. That has our link tree. Um, it has all of our previous episodes. Like I said, we cover Wheel of Time, The Mandalorian, The Boys, and everything in between. So if you like this, I'm sure there's another show that you like that we cover. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. And thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 